you ready to get started? Open up your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read about spiritual warfare, uh, some things that we're dealing with in regards to uh, um, in regards to battling things in life and uh, how to manage some of these things that come up. Um, you know, this just came on my heart. Lord will help you reach your wants and desires, not just what he has called for you to do, but within that calling, your wants, desires, and needs will be met. Uh, if you'll be obedient to him, do what he's asked you to do. Go the, go the distance, my friend. Uh, he'll meet your needs, wants, and desires. But a lot of times we think we know, you know, what'll please us, what'll make us happy, what will get us gratification, all these different things. And sometimes it doesn't go to the level we want it to. And you feel voided. You feel empty, but that, no, not with God, not with Jesus on your side. When you, when you pursue Jesus relentlessly, there's a gratification in that, but there's also things that come with that. You know, there's a life beyond uh, what you think is the best life. There's a life that produces, uh, well, a life of obedience produces a life of gratification for yourself. A life of obedience. Write that down. A life of obedience produces a life of gratification. Even if being obedient to what God has for you is different than what you thought would be what you wanted. I don't know why I'm saying that. It just came up while we were praying, and I want to remember to say it. Uh, a life of obedience brings a life of grat- uh, gratification. Obedient, be, pursue obedience. Pursue. That's one of my keys today of our weapons of warfare is obedience. There's power within that. Uh, let's get. Let's jump into this. First Corinthians. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, starting verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh. Again, I know um, we did this scripture in a devotional already, but I, I felt like I didn't get everything I wanted to get out of it. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through, uh, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ. You know, I want to read that out of the uh, out of the Amplified real quick. Second Corinthians chapter ten, pulling down strongholds to the obedience of Christ. Second Corinthians ten, uh, verse three. Glory to God. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you all for joining and being on the show. I appreciate you being here. Be sure to like, subscribe the channel. If you haven't liked the post yet, like it. That tells Facebook, we're not on Facebook, but it tells YouTube, uh, hey, this show is being watched. Let's put it in front of more people. And that becomes bigger and bigger. We reach more more and more people every day. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, that's what we are, we are not carrying on spiritual warfare. We are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We're destroying sophisticated arguments in every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. But I love how it says that in here, we are not carrying on in the spiritual battle 
or, or the spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons that you would be used to using. That's not how we operate. We operate using the weapons, spiritual weapons, uh, according to the word of God. Again, it says we do not war according to the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Whether you like it or not, you're in warfare on a regular basis in order to uh, to receive the crown of victory at the end of your life. There's a continual war that you're in. And, and negligence, listen, it would be, it would be extremely foolish for someone in war to act as if they're not in war or to, or to be ignorant to, or not pay attention to the fact that they're in the midst of war. You think of the, uh, of like uh, D day when we stormed the beaches of Normandy. Uh, I was just watching a documentary with my, with my brother, Nick. And uh, we were watching it at lunchtime with Ashley was there. And the amount of deaths that happened on that beach, I believe were equivalent to previous battles or rather previous wars in history that were lost in that one day on that beach. It was unbelievable. The numbers, they were just going over these statistics. But imagine uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, I encourage you to go find out what the uh, what what the United States did when they went to the beaches of Normandy. Uh, you know, uh, it was a it was an a, a incredible day uh, in history. But they stormed that beach, and the amount of people that were lost. But if you were not conscious that day, getting off that boat from the water, getting onto the beach, that there was hundreds of thousands of bullets and in you know uh, arsenal of, of weapons being poured out you would have been struck dead immediately if you weren't actively pursuing protection a way to protect yourself on that beach to not be killed and i i can't speak from experience evidently but i i can tell you from history uh, documentaries i've watched that you had to be an extreme alert to be able to survive on that beach and that's warfare you're in the midst of warfare there's strategy there's tactics, there's effort. You, you've got physical effort, mental effort. There's strategies that have to be planned before some before you get into that battle. There's so much effort that goes into warfare. What, why are we here in the first place? Why, why are we in this battle? Why are we in Europe? Why are we in Asia fighting these world powers? What, what are we doing here in the first place? There's so many reasons and efforts and strategies and uh, uh, plans and coordinates and everything that goes into warfare, you know, getting the troops from one place to another, you you know, just organization and trying to get things where there's so much effort that's involved in warfare for us to be in war and not be prepared for the war is one thing. But not to go into, but to be in the midst of that war and not even be thinking about the fact that there is something going on that I have to deal with. I wonder how many Christians on a regular basis actually put in in their mind, or they mull over throughout the course of a twenty four hour day from the time they wake up to the time they go back to sleep. How many times in their mind it go it goes through their mind that this is that there is spiritual forces at play within things that I do within my life at your job, within your business. I don't care wherever you are. There are spiritual effects to everything that you do. And I wonder how many times 
through someone's mind in the course of a day, they go, the, there's an, I have an enemy working against me in a, in these scenarios. When you're driving on the road, when the enemy's trying to take you out, you, you are a constant warfare. We're in constant warfare on a regular basis. The enemy is going to try to take you out on a regular basis. We have tools, but here's what I, I, I want to talk about. For though we walk in the flesh, I mean, but listen, you don't have to be ignorant to these things. You are a flesh, carnal, physical person. You're not in the spirit. You don't, you, you, you can live according to the spirit, but you don't live in the spirit. You are a physical person, but you can match your physical side, your, your life, physical part of your being, who you are. You can walk according to spiritual ways, not carnal, fleshly dealings. You can live a spiritual life and still be a natural human being. And it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. So what weapons do we have? Number one, our first weapon that we have, and we can, re- we can reference Matthew 17 and 21, is prayer and fasting. Not prayer and then fasting, prayer and fasting because here's the deal fasting alone is not prayer and fasting and prayer alone is not prayer and fasting you know just because you fast something doesn't mean that it's a spiritual act you know there's a lot of forms of fasting you can you can fast for 40 days like jesus did don't eat food and just drink water right that's a fast you can uh, you can fast, uh, anything you can fast something and, and put it off for a period of time. Uh, whether it be, maybe it's a television, um, maybe it's a certain music style or a certain music genre. Any, I, I mean, I'm not going to go through the, this isn't a lesson about fasting, but just because you're fat, you can intermittent fast food. You can fast food altogether, not eat food. But just because you're fasting doesn't mean it's a spiritual act. There's fasting and prayer. Prayer and fasting is an, it are. It, it's like a, it's like what's that word? Uh, maybe Jared could help me. I know he's a teacher. Uh, he's a principal, but he's a it comes from the educational world. And there are other people that do as well. But what um, is it? Symbiotic. They're one and of the same. Prayer and fasting are one thing together it's not i know there's a there's a a conjuncting a conjunctive word or whatever you know the word and is in there so it's putting two of them together but you to be this to have the spiritual weapon that you need for success it's not prayer and then you you know you fast a little bit or you fast and then there's some prayer in it it's got to be together Else it's not the effective fasting and prayer and prayer and fasting that we see biblically according to uh, Matthew 17. Let me read it to you in Matthew 17. Fasting and prayer or prayer and fasting. And in this reference, Jesus is, uh, casts out a demonic force and he says to his, uh, uh, he says to his disciples, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be me move from here to here and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. However, he had just got through casting out a demonic force. He says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So this isn't your, your typical, uh, 
your typical um, faith act, right? I, I'm not just going to believe through this thing and we're going to get through it. This takes extra pressing in. This is what prayer and fasting does. It takes an extra press. It takes an it takes you to an extra level spiritually to coordinate your life in a way that is conducive to receiving power. It is a weapon in the warfare of spiritual warfare. It's a weapon for you. Listen, there we have to do more of this. I, there's times I call a fast for myself and there's nothing going on at our church. There's nothing going on in my life. I don't have any you know, any undealt with disobedience to God, or there's not an issue in my family. There's just times that the Lord will deal with me to, that I need to, to deal with some things in the spiritual realm that I'm, I have no clue about. And he'll say, all right, I want you to fast for three days. And it's rarely do I ever do it for six days, six months, or, I mean, it's, for longer than really a day or two, maybe three days that I'll put something in my day off. And I'll use that section of time to pray and seek God to be able to get my position myself. I'm not moving God. God's God's ready. He's equipped. We're not moving God. You know what you move God with? Your faith and obedience. That's what moves God. He he he's moved by those things. His your faith, your confidence in Him. Jesus is looking. Uh, he's coming back for a glorious church. We're me and you are going to be a glorious church. But He's looking around for people with faith. He's on the lookout for them. Jared said it is symbiotic. You can't separate the two. One depends on the other. That's great. I'm glad I asked you. It, you can't separate the two. Prayer and fasting, they go together. Now you can, don't misunderstand me. You, you, you have the ability to separate prayer and fasting, but it's not going to have the spiritual weapon. Uh, it's not going to be the spiritual weapon that we need for the warfare. You know, there's, there's equipment and, and weapons you need for every battle. There's weapons you need for every single battle that you go into. We're probably not going to finish all these today. I've got three weapons that we need for our warfare. Number one is prayer and fasting. And I've got two more. I'll probably get to those tomorrow and Monday. But we'll just stick to prayer and fasting today. And then we'll move on to the to the next two uh, on the next devotional. Uh, so, so listen, number one, prayer and fasting. That's not two separate items. Weapons of our warfare. Weapons of our warfare. For we walk in the flesh, we do not war according. We're not talking about uh, your everyday life of living, your breathing. We're talking about how to win in that life. How to have results that you can touch and feel and see come from a spiritual victory. And to have victory, we need weapons of the warfare that we're constantly in. You know, whether you like it or not, you're in a warfare. Isn't that interesting? Whether you like it or whether you don't. Here's one way to save yourself so much aggravation from the news in the world. Uh, this news show that I've, I've, I've been working on. It's going to be great. We're going to pull like highlights from the week. I'm already compiling stuff. Um, I'm, I'm going to be getting a date to everybody. So don't miss that. It'll be right on this channel. So you don't have to subscribe to any other channels or anything like that. It'll be right on this channel, but spiritual warfare, it, you're in it regularly. And it, you, 
it's amazing how many people live day-to-day life and they live as if they're uh th- that what they see is the end result so to speak it's that's what that's what it is it's not there's there's things that are pliable in this re- everything that you see around you and it happens in the in the spirit first and you'll get answers you'll get uh, uh, god will reveal things to you through this prayer and fasting not that he couldn't tell you but you just you didn't have the time you don't take the time to hear it and listen but when you take a, and here's one thing I do, uh, I'll give you some advice. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just giving you some advice on what I do. And then you can take it and apply it as you will. But I learned from Kenneth E. Hagan. He wrote many books. Most of them have a lot of the same principles in it because they, they're never changing. They all mean the same uh, victory when you battle with these spiritual weapons. But he would talk about fasting and how he would never fast more than three days. He's never fasted for more than three days at a time. Now, if he calls a corporate fast for the church or something, that may be different. But uh, talking about Kenneth E. Hagan would only fast for three days at a time for himself. He would th- it would take him three days. And I do the similar thing, not because uh, I want to copy him and just do something that he did. But it's almost like you you get this sense of victory when you do it. And so one thing you can do is fast something that you do every day and it's habitual for you. Fasting food is incredibly easy and it's the hardest thing on your on your physical body because you crave it, you desire it, you need it. Well, right now, you know, I'm in a, a phase of, of uh, you know, eating better and doing different things. And, you know, I don't, that's not really a big challenge for me going without food, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really in that mindset, but there are other things that I do on a regular basis. Like, like I spend a lot of time on social media and internet things because that's part of my job that where I work at the church, I've got to post things. We've got to create content. We're advertising for different things. So I spend a lot of time on these things. Well, in between working, I may take a break and I'm scrolling through my personal Instagram. That to me is a, it's a break. It's a mental break for me. And I can, I can start to shut down. Listen, that for me, and it may be for you, whatever it is, it may be a book. It may be something that you do habitually. That's part of your day to day that if you cut it, you can swap that time. You can, you can take that time out that you would normally have done that thing. And you use that time to begin to pray and devote yourself to the, to, uh, that weapon, now that you've fasted that particular thing, you've put it down and you devote that time instead to prayer, not your regular prayer and devotional time, you know, not, not this time. It's a separate time that you don't normally do that. You can begin now to pull on the strings of heaven to help you get revelation. Understand, you know, God's dripping heaven with revelation, information, insight, power, healing, uh, the ability to do things, go beyond where you've ever been. Heaven is dripping with these things, but it's not that God's going to move when you pray and fast. You're just tapping into that source. You're connecting into that power source to gain a lot of these things for your life. And so one of the, one of the three weapons of our warfare, I'll go into the others. Like I said, uh, tomorrow we'll go into the next one. We may be able to get through both of them. We'll see how long we spend on that. Uh, you, you, uh, have weapons. First of all, you're in a warfare. 
You, you have an enemy. You have someone that's against you, that's working against you full time. That's his full time job is to work against you. And he doesn't work a nine to five like most people do or whatever hours you work. He doesn't work an eight to 10 hour day. He works full time and he works overtime. He'll spend through the night as you're sleeping, as you're getting ready in the morning, not even coherent. He's working against you. I'm not, I'm not empowering him or I'm not trying to exalt his power and his ability. I'm giving you a reality of what's happening spiritually. If people could see into the spiritual realm, some people, uh, I've, you know, I've thought about this. If some people could see, like if, if you're dealing with some sort of sin in your life, if you could peer into the spiritual realm and see that enemy, because sin has an enemy attached to it. My pastor taught this years ago that every sin, every addiction, every type of bondage, every type of uh, disobedient act that you have, there's a specific enemy attached to that. There's a spiritual enemy attacked, attached to that, demonic force attached to that. Now, and don't you don't have to think of demonic things as this Hollywood, dark, gloomy. No, but these demonic forces are, remember, they're angels of light that came down from heaven. They're swift. They know what they're doing. They're moving around to take your take you out, so you can't have what they gave up. And so these there's a spiritual enemy attached to everything that goes on. And if you could peer into that spiritual realm for a second, you'd probably throw up for five five or six days. If you saw what the what it looked like spiritual, if you could see into it, because it's vile, it's disturbing and disgusting. And if you could deal with them on a spiritual level and de- take some of these. Uh, um, these weapons of our warfare to win in the warfare, you'll begin to see a victory in your life like you never have before. You'll begin to see your life will begin to go up, your mind, your mindset, and, and not and not in any particular order that I'm communicating it, but your mindset will begin to change, your, your life around you will begin to change, your finances will begin to change. Every single thing affects something else. There's nothing you can do that won't have an effect on something else. You have to be wickedly, uh, that's a terrible word for this, but you have to be dramatically, strategically uh, uh, intentional about who you are and what you do. Like the, the way you dress, the way you talk has to be intentional. I heard this said, the way you dress is the way you want to be addressed. The way you dress is the way you want to be addressed. Everything you do has to have some some form of intention, not just nonchalant. And prayer and fasting, when you intentionally yoke something out of your life, just you yank it out and you put it to the side and, and put it off for a certain period of time and devote that section of time. So you've got this track and you take a piece of that track out, put it on the side and you interlock now prayer into that section instead of that thing. Now you've connected fasting and prayer. As Jared said, it's symbiotic. It's now it's together. Things start to develop. Things start to move. You begin to get ideas for things. Things come up in that time that you didn't have before that you didn't know before you got you start to see things differently you start to get breakthrough and strength in areas that you couldn't have that you didn't have before it begins to take your life to the next highest level these are weapons of our warfare hope this helps you this morning